Welcome to the African-American Man Podcast Show. This is the Tough Love Messenger Show. I am your host, King Vision. This is a collaborative effort with ITRN Radio Network. Stands for Intentional Talk Radio Network. And my show is about motivating the Black man, holding the Black man accountable. And we want to celebrate uh, getting close to the end of the month, we want to celebrate Black Women's Month and, more importantly, our Black queens. Without our Black queens, we are nothing. And it's time for us to understand that. It's time for us to make a change. And I am holding all Black men accountable for the future. Lady Future, let's clip it. And that just to be mean. Their whole quest has been to cut off your life germ. See, the power is in your seed, all right? It's not in nothing about size and all of that that people say. The power is in your seed because you all are the greatest men on earth, the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet earth, God of the universe. Can't nobody take that from you. Now, I know we got some of the guys in the gutter. We got some of the guys on crack. We got the guys in prison, but that doesn't negate who you really are. And the only person that don't know who the black man is, is the black man. I love that statement. And what I want to point out in the next couple of uh, segments, you hear the black woman cheering us, the black man. You hear the black woman seeing the future, telling you exactly what they're trying to do to the black man. But it's time for the black man to listen to the black woman in terms of her skill set, her natural ability to see into the future, and not only to see into the future, to give you vision in what you need to do to be successful. But let's be clear, the only way that we're going to be successful is when the black man takes the ropes and the leadership and takes back his community, takes back his family. Because as you can tell, without the black man visible, you see where we are today. Lady Future, let's clip it. Fighting against each other, black men against black women. I want to direct your attention to Mississippi. Mississippi has just passed or brought back into law Jim Crow. Don't think for one minute that it's not going to come to these other states. They're just testing the waters with Mississippi. Okay? So while we're fighting one another, white supremacy is waging a war against us. And we're going to have to stop this foolish fighting that don't mean anything. We're going to have to create our own think tanks to get us out of this mess that we are in. I can't say it and express it or convey it enough. We are at war. They are at war with the black Americans. And if you care about your children, if you care about your own freedom, y'all better stop playing and wake up and see what's going on. Now that leads right into what I was just speaking about. Again, the black woman is sounding the alarm. And it's just not this particular woman it is black women across the nation telling us, warning us, ringing the bell. And it's clear 
that in order for us to take this next step, this is why it's so important to understand what is missing. The black man. The black man, if you don't take the step and if you don't rise to the next level and if you do not come back to your community and build it like it once was, we are going to be in slavery. Now, my particular vision is by 2065, when it gets here, it's going to be too late and we will not be able to reverse it. So again, listen to our black queens because you can hear the concern in her voice. You can hear it clearly. Lady Future, let's clip it. State of Mississippi, they are trying to pass a law to reinstate the Jim Crow laws. Let me say this one more time for the people who did can hear me. They are trying to reinstate the Jim Crow laws. And for all you who are young and y'all don't know what the Jim Crow laws are, look up the story of Emmett Till. Enough fucking said. That brings me to my next fucking statement and it's sad that I even got to say this shit. We cannot depend on government for help. Because look, government is allowing to fucking can happen, bro. We cannot depend on the cops for help. We can't even depend on the black cops for help. Rest in peace to old boy. I forgot his name. So with that being said, this is a message to all you gang members out here. If y'all have enough common sense to have this person doing this, this person doing that, this person making the drug, this person killing folks, this person running shit, this person doing that, y'all have enough common sense to start a fucking army to protect your fellow people. Again, now, if you didn't hear the sense of urgency in this sister's voice, and along with the sense of urgency, the frustration, and she's not talking about when she said, oh boy, when she said, you guys running this and you guys running that, she is not talking about kindergarten girls or fourth grader girls or college girls. She is clearly, clearly talking to the black man. And you're going to hear this more and more because now the time has come. And if you don't make this move, brothers, you're going to be held accountable at the highest level. And I wouldn't want to be around when it's time to meet our maker, our ancestors, and when they ask you, what did you do when you were here on earth? And the problem with that was well, not necessarily a problem. You got to tell the truth because they're going to tell you, don't lie, because we were watching. And I'm going to convey this as much as I can. We're in a crisis situation, and it appears that the black man as a whole doesn't see this coming. And this is why we are so lucky to have our black queens. And again, I want to give a shout out to Black Women's Month. <laughs> 
We need you. Do not give up on us. We will come together. The unfortunate part, black men don't come together until they're forced to come together. As I said many times before, <laughs> we used to be a race, and I'm talking about men, of creativity and proactive. Now we're a race of men of destruction and reactive. Lady Future, let's clip it. Recognizing that we have done the impossible. A part of the miseducation is the failure to recognize the strength of our resilience, the strength of our transcendence, the power that we've had to operate in spite of all that America has done. We still too often feel that we must go to <coughs> them to ask permission to be us. We still think we have to ask authorization whether or not we can tell our story our way. We still think that we can only build the America that we want by getting permission from them to have access to make it what we want it to be. The only way we can do that is to begin to tell our story. We have to begin to tell our story systematically. We have to sing our own heroes. We have to, have to sing our own sheroes. We cannot wait for people to somehow authorize us to celebrate who we are. We have to be proud to be who we are, be unapologetic about who we are, and to understand that America and um, the world will never be what it can be until we understand our own power within ourselves. Again, you hear the passion in this young man's voice. You hear the sense of urgency. And again, this is something that is so important to us that it's amazing that we don't see it. Now, when you dissect it, you're asking yourself, why is that? And for the rest of the show, all the listeners, ask yourself, why is it that we don't have our communities the way they should be? You are the original people. You look back into your history and you see the greatness. All we have to do is work together collectively. But the reality is you have a European cultural mindset. And through that European cultural mindset is the Stockholm Syndrome. And what the Stockholm Syndrome means is that you are oppressed by your oppressor and you still find goodness in the person that's oppressing you. And so for those of you who don't understand, go to the dictionary. I'm sure all of you got iPhone 10, iPhone 40s, and some of you probably got iPhone 75s. But look up the word Stockholm Syndrome. And all that's missing is the cultural collectivity. And as the show goes on, I will make reference to that. Lady Future, let's clip it. 
This is Michael Amem. He owns the development company Amem Group. He's helping change Milwaukee one home at a time. You see a lot of disparities uh, in, in the communities, particularly in Milwaukee because of the hyper-segregation. Uh, and those disparities are reflective in the, the housing product um, and what the neighborhoods look and feel like. So I believe if you, if you change the look and feel of the neighborhood, then you can give people inspiration, you can give people hope. The goal is to inspire economic and social changes. Plus, qualified applicants can get a $30,000 grant from the city to purchase these homes specifically. All these homes are named after civil rights leaders, too. There's the Harriet, Rosa, Malcolm, and Martin. Michael wants the foundations of these homes and the soon-to-be neighborhoods to be built on the same principles that those civil rights leaders champion. He also constructs medical complexes, apartments, offices, and other developments. This is one man that has a vision. Can you imagine if Michael Jordan, Oprah, Jay-Z, all of our millionaires, you know, and I want to talk about Denzel Washington. Um, we know the brother Robert Smith that helped pay for these uh, colleges uh, down in uh, Atlanta. Um, there's nothing that we cannot do. But what I will say and what I praise this brother for is he's not standing around asking for permission. And one of my colleagues that I work closely with, this is his biggest frustration. Why do we wait for permission? And it leads right into what I said before. When you're culturally cultivated with a different culture that doesn't really include you, it doesn't even look like you. So why would you want to be a part of something that doesn't really look like you? And again, with this brother and these homes, he still has a presence of mind and he doesn't have to ask for permission what to name these housing projects. But that's just one man. But can you imagine what 1.9 or 1.4 trillion dollar in power and buying power? What we could do. But why do we keep talking about this over and over and over? Because you are faced with the Stockholm Syndrome. Your oppressor is more important to you than your own people and community. Lady Future, let's clip it. But you now must engage in international trade, export, import trade to create jobs for your people and ultimately build a pan-African economic system because the people that survive today are the races that have economic centers of their people across the world. See, the European not only spread African people across the world, which weaken African people, but the Europeans them spread themselves across the world. But in spreading themselves across the world, they built economic networks banking relations, commercial relations, and other kinds of relations based on their Europeanness. 
This is what allowed them to develop a global economic system. Now today, instead of us seeing our being spread across the world as a problem and as a weakness, it can become the source of our strength. It means then that we can build economic relations between blacks in New York City and Los Angeles and all in between, between blacks in America and in the Caribbean, in Central and South America, between blacks in the Caribbean and, and in America with blacks in Africa and blacks all over this world. But it must be based on what? A sense of Africanness and a sense of one peopleness. Yeah, I like that part at the end. Um, again, what if we had a think tank? And what I mean, a think tank of action, not what we have a lot of talk in, and this is what we should do. And it appears that even this show talks about this. But the difference is I'm a little harder on the black man because in the coming years, in the coming decades, everything that happens to our community, you are held accountable for it. You are the reason for the non-success or the success. Because if you're not protecting our queens, if you're not protecting our children, what you see right now, it's only going to get worse. So there's an expression that people say, you got to stop the bleeding. And at this point right now, thank God it didn't hit the juggler vein. Because if it hits the juggler vein, it's over. And then here, we're going to have people saying, why didn't we do this? All we had to do was that. Boy, this, boy, that. When you have the time to do it and the freedom to do it, you don't do it because you're not proactive. You're reactive. And the worst part of this is the generation of yesteryear is the last generation that maybe has the ability to react. This next generation, everybody born after 2025, what knowledge and education will they receive? You already see that we just had a bank collapse. So you get signs. And as my daddy would always say, son, you always get three warnings. Okay. So if we're not paying attention to this and black men, it is apparent you're not paying attention to it. And it's apparent that you don't care about your community because all we have to do is go by your actions. The gangs in our community, what do you think is going to happen? They just had a news where now they're doing drive-by carjackings. There was just something on the news. I was going to put it on this show, but I try not to talk about very depressive things. But what they're doing now is following people to their homes and jacking them. <clears throat> Excuse me, on the news... The lady had a watch. They wanted it. She ran. The car hit her. When she hit the ground, you see her throwing the watch away from her. And that's what the suspects went for. They left her alone. Now, if this is going on right now, let me tell you what King Vision sees. These young kids, because they have no father, 
no discipline, they're going to start breaking in seniors' homes because there won't be any money. Let, let's get this clear. Your money will be in the bank. And just like you have the debit card, there will be no money. But many of these young kids are going to go in and start abusing our elders. And this is just the beginning. And here's the funny thing. Uh, and it's not funny. So let me correct myself. It's not funny. What I learned when I went down to the African Museum in D.C., um, Emmett Till's mother didn't really, she, the comment was referenced to whatever's going on is going down south. It doesn't really affect me. She saw it that way until she lost her son. Now, my point I'm making is you actors, you entertainers, and you rappers that all you talk about is gang violence, kill this, I'll put a hole in you, I'll bust a cap here, I'll do this. Let me tell you what's going to happen. In the coming years, the government is going to sanction that you cannot talk about guns. You cannot talk about violence. You cannot talk about um, disparities and how you came up. That's going to be off the table. So now you don't have nothing because you don't ever talk about nothing positive. The second thing is you don't know how to join forces. And the forces that you do is destructive. You don't know any gang, no crips, no bloods that went to a community and knocked on the door and said, Grandma, we're going to start taking out your trash. You don't have to worry about your trash. I know trash day is on Tuesday. We're going to be here Tuesday morning, Monday night to take out your trash. You know, we were looking at your grass. It looks like it's kind of bad. We're going to start cutting your grass. Grandma, you know, your house looks like it needs to be painted. We didn't sold enough drugs to buy a paint store. We're going to start painting the community. You ain't going to hear that. You are not going to hear that. Why? Because they do not have a father that tells them that. And look at what's so ironic. Soon as they started saying no more disciplining kids. But what you're not really paying attention to is the black man is the most powerful man that there is physically. If anybody needs to understand respect and to know his ability to destroy is the black man. So all of you rappers and all of you old rappers that made money off of talking about certain things, and I'm not going to mention the music because all of you know the music. And this is where you find that the women follow suit. When the men started talking real bad rapping, what did the women do? Oh, we can follow the same way. But let me drop this little nugget on you. See, we have Odie But Goody stations right now playing music all the way back from the 30s. The 60s, you got all kind of Odie But Goody. You're not going to have, in 20 years from now, you're not going to have any Odie But Goody rap stations. Trust me on that. But because you don't have the vision, you don't see that. See, even a hustler, and I'm talking about a real hustler, a real hustler knows, go get the money, 
but bring it back to the community. Okay, a real hustler knows to go get the money that they can get, but make a different world for the community. And you're not doing that. So before we go to the next clip, I want to leave you with this. The athletes that I was about to mention, they're going to start coming to your neighborhood and jacking you. Okay? That's And here's the two-part fold with that. The government is going to give a red light, excuse me, a green light, that the white supremacy groups, such as the Ku Klux Klan, will start breaking into your home and any of your kids going to private school that you send to white private schools, they're going to start kidnapping your kids and for a ransom. And please don't tell me that can't happen. Please don't tell me that. I'm just giving you some vision and I'm giving you some heavy nuggets because you're not going to change until you're scared into changing. But your kids and your grandkids are in jeopardy. Uh, Bill Cosby's son, Ennis, he not here no more. Michael Jordan's papa, he not here no more. And we can speculate all we want to. The fact is, he's not here anymore. Lady Future, let's clip it. Somebody who can do two things really well. You can either entertain or you can play a sport, which is another form of entertainment. Those are the two areas that they think that you excel at. They don't see you as an engineer. They don't see you as a doctor. They don't see you as a lawyer. They don't see you as a team owner. They don't see you as, they see you as LeBron. They don't see you as a Jerry Jones. Uh, so Jerry Jones is a boss. Jerry Jones got caught in that whole racial uh, controversy. He never apologized for shit. He didn't apologize for anything because he's a boss. Whereas uh, athletes, they understand their place. They're, they're gonna apologize. You saw the Nick Cannon apology tour, Snoop Dogg apology tour, all these other things, right? So ultimately America, has a perception of the black male as sort of this permanent envy. And I was just touching on that. And let's not leave out Kyrie Irving. And the perfect example that black men you got to own, you guys left him out there alone. And more importantly, the ones that I heard, the black people that I heard after that, again, were our black queens. They were stepping up to the plate because they not having it. But until the black man decides to wake up, this is going to continue. And trust me, it's your fault, black man. Now, I try not to talk about how I sacrifice my life for my people because it's not about me. It's about us. This show is for black men. You have got to wake up. If you do not wake up, what's going to happen in the next 10, 20, 30 years from now, you'll be held accountable for it. And trust me, 30 years from now, uh, that's, a, that's a long time for me. I, I'd like to see another 30 years. But then I ask myself, based on the way things are going right now, do you really want to be around here? Because if the black male is not respecting our black queens, the black male is not taking his responsibility and leadership in the family, what do you think is going to happen? Because look where we are right now. So whenever there's a floodgate that opens up, this is just the tip of the iceberg.
that's the scary part. What we're experiencing now is just the tip of the iceberg. Once the floodgates are open, you can't close them. And then you ask yourself, how do you rebuild it? But because you don't have any knowledge or education of self, you will not know how to rebuild. Why? You're not educated. Coming years, I understand sixth graders are reading at fourth grade level right now. So that means the ninth graders will be eventually reading at fifth grade level. And as I talk about this, and because of the profession that I was in, it allowed me to see certain things. In the coming years, for sure, the two universal languages that will dominate will be English and Spanish. And Mandarin or Cantonese is right behind it. Now, I say Spanish because they're the largest population, minority population at this point, and they're still growing. Now, if you want to understand what cultural collectivity is, just pay attention to the Hispanic culture. You don't need to worry about what the white man does. Just watch what they do. Watch what the Asians do. And the question is, why don't we do that? We're the original people. But again, they took away the cultural collectivity from us when they bred us down, and they say chattel, and I hate saying chattel. They bred us down to animals, okay? Worse than animals. Because they'll take care of their livestock. They won't treat the chickens like they treated us. They don't rent the cows. They don't sell this chicken over here and this chicken over here. But that's what they did with us. Now, you know this, and I'm not telling you nothing you don't know. The problem I have with this is you're not doing anything about it. And so if you want to change something, just do the opposite of what was done to you. But you can't do it because those who made money, they will constantly tell you these two things. I got mine, you get yours, okay? So that right there shows the absence of cultural collectivity. Second thing, I don't care how many black people are successful. One of the things that they will tell you, you got to work hard for it, okay? But there's an expression in other cultures, and they call them either the golden child or you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Everything doesn't have to be hard. And the reason why it doesn't have to be hard and because you don't have cultural collectivity, every black person that is successful in their professional career, I'm not talking about sports and I'm not talking about movies. I'm talking about in the banking industry. I'm talking about in the law industry. I'm talking about in machinery, any leadership position that you got, you know, and I know that you had to work harder than the white boy. So if I was to go after a team, all I had to do is find out who made it to the management. 
I know that black person is better than the white person over here. I know that black person is better than the, white, the Hispanic person over here because they had to work twice as hard. They had to go through more hoops. So the fact that your brain don't tell you to go out and get black people is the fact that you don't trust yourself. And here's the other thing with accountability. We do have some issues among ourselves when it comes to handling business. And those of you that are successful, if you have work done in your house, do you pick the Hispanic person to fix your house or do you pick the brother to fix your house? Or let me be clear, the black man. You don't pick the black man because of issues that you had before. So rather than go through this headache again, you go with the Hispanic. Two things happen here. The Spanish is going to undercut, and he's going to do a better job than the brothers. Now, you may not like this, but whose fault is this? When their father is not in the house, helping the young black boy learn how to be disciplined, and my mother and father used to always have this favorite saying, do it right the first time. Because if you don't do it right the first time, you're going to be in there all day long. Now, only a certain group of people know that. Only a certain generation understand what I'm saying. And this is what I mean about the culture. There's only a certain group. If you're in a supermarket, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and it tickled me because I hadn't heard it in so long. And the person said, um, if you acted like that, what would your mother say? And what the person said was the favorite words from my mother, wait till we get to the car. Now, you know, there's a whole generation don't know what I'm talking about. Why is that so funny? One generation is cracking up. The other generation is looking like, what does that mean? Now, some parents, you didn't wait to the car. You got your butt lit up in the store. But I can go on and on and on. Lady Future, let's hit it. Money has Rolex made over the years just because that has been embedded in our minds that that's what we need to go get when we become successful, right? And so in my mind, I was like, if we could get some of these black celebrities and influencers to champion our brands the way that they do these other European-owned brands that don't care nothing about our people, you know, if, if we turn that global influence inward, what kind of power would that give us? You know what I'm saying? And... um you know, been talking about that a long time. And so as I'm having these meetings and having these calls with some of these black celebrities and they're like, um, yeah, I got your package. I love the gear, but I'm not going to post it unless you pay a hundred thousand dollars. It's like, but you, but you wearing Nike on your gram and they not paying you. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, you wearing, you, you're tagging Louis and Gucci and, and all of your posts, but they're not paying you. But you're telling me that in order for you to wear my stuff and for you to give a shout out to Actively Black, I got to pay you $100,000? Like that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me. So what that tells me is even though a lot of these people are publicly portraying a certain image that they're supporting us, it's not really that support. And not only that, it also to me lets us know that there's still an inferiority complex even amongst our biggest and our brightest that we think uh, European designer is 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 more than our own be, because of who that is like yo we are the blueprint you know what i'm saying if you go look at even 
the style and, and how it's changed with even a lot of those high-end designers, they're taking inspiration from the streetwear and the things that we already made popular. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that's been disappointing. That's been highly disappointing to see a lot of those figures um, have a pay-for-play mentality when it comes to Black-owned, but they'll uh, endorse, not even endorse, they'll promote um, these other brands that are not owned by us for free. Again, this is a young brother. He's got his own brand. He did what he thought was right, which makes perfect sense. To whom much is given, much is required. Okay? He reached out, and this is what they told me. And trust me, these brothers are talking just like this. All of these successful people are talking just like this. All they hear is what's in it for me. But if you peel back the the onion and the layers and you start asking people when they came from nothing, well, how did you get successful? Well, I started going to school and then I met this guy. I met this lady. Uh, she saw something in me. He saw something in me. They saw because they were looking. It was in them to help others. This generation doesn't understand that. You know, I learned this philosophy one time, and, and I didn't understand it, but the philosophy was correct. There was this business, and the business was doing really, really well. So the business felt, if I'm here, and I'm the only one here, I get all the money. So the other business said, no, what we do is we bring more business to this area, it will draw more people, and then we can sell more goods. So just like he said, some of the best people are still, and I'm going to use this harsh word, ignorant. Okay, because the question again is, why don't you do it? Every person that's successful, and I would say 99.910, and that's a high percentage, that all of you came from a neighborhood that wasn't so nice. All of you, you can listen to Jay-Z, from Jay-Z to Oprah, you can listen to their story. You have to help. But the only way you're going to be help, you're going to help, is you're going to be scared into it. So all of the black people that have the money and you're not sharing it and you're not investing it back in your community to make sure other black kids don't say the same thing that you said, the future of your relatives, your grandkids, your nephews is in clear jeopardy just by the sheer fact of the of, of the, the community becoming more and more desolate, less businesses in the community. And when you do not create jobs, this is what we look at. But again, as I evaluate and I do my studying, 
you don't know any chains across the United States that's black owned. And when I say chains, I mean chains of business, chains of law office, change of restaurants, change of liquor stores, change of supermarket. There's no black chain. So the reason is it's it's easy to say to yourself, why is that? Well, the why is there's no cultural collectivity because every other race that has cultural collectivity, they do it naturally. See, they're not having this kind of conversation. There's no podcast talking about what the Asians need to do. There's no podcast about what the Mexicans need to do. There's no podcast about what the Armenians need to do. Okay? Because the cultural collectivity is in them. Now, we understand it was taken from us, but if you know that, then take it back. You got to think about this because it's not going to be good by year 2065. Lady Future, let's clip it. On the planet, they blame the white man for 95% of our problems, but still spend 97% of our money with them. We, the black people, we are the leaders in unnecessary spending. You know what unnecessary spending is? It's buying stuff you don't need with people with money that you don't have mm -hmm. from people that you don't even like mm -hmm. to impress people that you don't even know. So that, that's us. So I'm saying that to say that let's put an end to retail therapy. Keep the family time. Keep the dinner. Keep the love. Keep the unity. Mm -hmm. Let's just get rid of the paganism and let's withhold our dollar as a discipline. Now, as you heard me earlier, speak about this. And many of these people are highly educated. And the beauty in this, many of these individuals are young individuals. They are the future. And what he mentioned, because that's considered part of cultural collectivity, let's invest in the family, let's invest in the community, and let's keep our money in our community. And the fact that the very thing that he said, we will take all of our money and spend it with people who don't even like us. And that's the definition of Stockholm Syndrome. And we have a bad case of it. So again, it's the same thing. But you know what? <laughs> the thing that's so funny it is so simple. You know, it's like if it's raining outside, your brain tells you to come inside. But that's the difference between the black man. It's raining outside, he still stay out there expecting to get dry in the rain. No, you're going to stay wet as long as you stay outside. And this thing that we call woke let me tell you, I have this little favorite saying. Hatred never sleeps. Love sleeps too long. And ignorance never wakes up. So swallow that for a little bit. It might taste like milk and magnesia. Or, 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 or let's see, what, what would it taste like? Maybe some Kool-Aid without sugar. Oh, that's right. Some of you don't even know what Kool Aid is. Hey, future, let's hit it. Comey Young Building. We had the greatest, the greatest politician of all time set a whole player for us, and we giving the shit right back. 
We can't get this city back. This supposed to be black excellence. How Atlanta more blacker than Detroit? Y'all want to get money and take y'all ass to Atlanta and go to Houston and go to all these other places. Y'all supposed to be here building. Power to the people, man. Fuck you mean? It ain't a city in this country blacker than Detroit. We the culture. We talk about free the culture. We the culture. I believe in the city. I believe in my people. Do y'all believe in yourself, though? Do y'all believe in yourself and your ability to get shit done? Again, now this is the group that I'll be joining. It's called New Era Detroit. And what these brothers have been doing, and from what I understand, they've been doing it for about nine years. These brothers are strapped. And they go to certain neighborhoods and they make sure the sisters can go and get what they need to get at a convenience store because they show a scene where this young sister was just going to the convenience store and some brothers killed her and jacked her for her car. Senseless. But what would make a person steal? What do they need? Oh, must be drugs. Because I don't know nobody jacking people for marijuana. Uh, it must be trying to pay the rent. But this is what, if it's happening now, my favorite saying, what is it going to be in 50 years? And for those of you who don't know about Coleman Young, and I'm just fortunate enough to know Coleman Young because I was born in Detroit. Coleman Young said no business, no building will be built in Detroit without black people working on each one of those contracts. If you don't have no black people working on it, you don't get the contract. He was cold-blooded. But just like the brother said, we're sitting here giving it back. And the key part, I hope you heard this part, black man, you don't have any confidence in yourself. You know why you don't have any confidence in yourself? Again, you know what I'm going to say. You don't have cultural collectivity. And what I mean by that is that you struggle working as a team. You don't know how to. And the proof is in the pudding. There's not a group of black men that are well off that have started building a community. Now, this is what you'll see. They got their Hennessy. They got their wine. Everything is for them. Nothing for the community. Again, when these white supremacies start kidnapping all of these kids that are well off and these families that are doing well, and trust me, the government is going to support them. Just like you see the shooting and the killings of unarmed black men, you think this is going to go away? This is their culture. That's what cultural collectivity is. Lady Future, let's clip it. Black first means we educate our kids. Black first means we break generational curses. So if you agree with this philosophy, 
put a B1 in the chat. Put a hashtag B1 to let me know that you're black first. Even if you're not black, you don't, you don't have to be black to be here. We don't hate anybody, but it's time for us to solve our problems uh, on our own and in our own way instead of waiting for Superman. Uh, I hope you agree with that. I hope that that's not too radical for you. I hope that, uh, that getting out of slavery doesn't scare you. Uh, because I'm I'm tired of slavery. I'm tired of waiting for other people. I'm tired of being left behind. I'm tired of my people struggling. I'm tired of my family falling behind. I'm tired of the Again, you hear the frustration? But I'll give it to Dr. Boyce Watkins. He's trying to educate financial literacy. Now, my only criticism is how much he's charging for that knowledge. But again... He's making something happen. And again, those individuals that really care, the main thing you hear them talking about is my people. Lady Future, let's clip it. Everything I'm doing, if it means hitchhike tomorrow, if it means be raggedy, if it means look for a job, I'll be happy because I can go to bed, my conscience is clear, and I didn't sell out or trade my people just because I could be rich in Hollywood with a yacht out here on my, that could be my yacht right there, imagine it's bad at 200000 but I wouldn't want that damn yacht if I couldn't go back over to the black neighborhood and protest the black woman being raped, the hell with the lot, the hell with the championship, so I want the people to know this, you understand? Now, I've been waiting for this part, I'd like for all of the black men to listen to Muhammad Ali a little more. Who is the Muhammad Ali of this era? Who is the Muhammad Ali of this generation? And here's the funny thing. There should be at least 50 to 60 to 70 to 100 Muhammad Ali cultural thinking individuals. And he made it clear every time he got a chance to speak about my people. And that was part of his greatness. But let me tell you the difference. When he was in trouble, he didn't have to ask for Malcolm X to show up. He didn't ask to wait for Martin Luther King to show up. He didn't have to wait for Lou Alcindor to show up, which was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He didn't have to wait for Jim Brown to show up. He didn't have to wait for Willie Davis to show up. Them brothers showed up and Bill Russell included. But when Kyrie was out there, everybody turned into Stevie Wonder. They can't see and they can't hear. Lady Future, let us clip it. I mean, because I feel like he's being a little too rough on them. Well, you don't have to agree with everything he does, but why don't you just stay out the way? Why did you marry your husband? Because I love him. Is he the man you hope your sons will grow up to be? Yes. So why would you stop him from raising them into that? I'm not stopping him. I just feel at times he's a bit harsh with the punishments. He is hard on them because they boys. Undisciplined boys grow up to be undisciplined men. Yes. Undisciplined men end up in the hospital or in a prison or they end up in a grave. That's what happens to undisciplined men. So, again, there's a conflict between the family. But here's the beauty. The father is in the house and you have to discipline black boys because the ability that they have to destroy, let them focus on their greatness to create. Because when the black father is not in the house, 
is not in the community, the community only teaches them to destroy. The gangs only teach them to deal drugs and to destroy. So I want you to think about that. Lady Future, let's clip it. Because there is a disproportionate relationship between black culture and technology. When I was reading the amount of money that that companies like Facebook were making in ad revenue, $113 billion a year, you know, the vehicle is Facebook, the vehicle is Instagram, the gasoline is youth and black culture. Has anybody ever stopped and said, hey, like, let's take $6 billion and put it in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Really, let's create like creator centers and teach kids how to code and do all this, you know, stuff like that. And as we are the apex of innovation, there's nothing cooler than a black person on the planet. I'm not, <laughs> you can't, I'm telling you, it's like- Nothing cooler than a black person. That's a fact. It's nothing cooler than black people. Like it's, it's, it's impossible to market and promote anything as being cool without the assistance of black people. It can be sentimental, romantic, adventurous, exciting, cool. You need our dances, you need our slang, you need our fashion, you need something from us that says, yeah, that's what's next and that's what's cool. That is the vibranium mm. and we give it away for free. We just let it flow. So the little girl that creates the Savage Challenge, she doesn't wind up with the brand deal, mm. winds up being Charlie D'Amelio or Addison Ray or like that. They just take it and pump it up and let them let them be rich, but they want you to keep continuing to do that. What I say is we have to turn our innovations into acquisitions, right? Mm. We innovate at a speed and a pace that we don't we understand we're creating industries. I want to end the show with this. With all of this information that we receive, there is no reason why our communities and our families are headed by women. But again, in this show, as we hold black men accountable, you're the reason why we're where we're at. So just keep that in mind, black man. I hold you accountable. And again, thank you for joining the show. And a thousand shout outs to the Black Queen for Women's Month. Again, thank you. 